Hey, I'm in a series called Peace Through Strength. Of course, this was taken from the phrase from President Ronald Reagan and his situation back there in the 80s where he believed that any enemy we have, we need to defeat them by being stronger than our adversary. And, and peace comes from being stronger. Of course, one of the areas that we all deal with in our society, to me, one of the most prevalent issues is what we've talked about previously is healing and then issues concerning our own body and the temptations of life. But today, I just want to take a couple of minutes to share with you talking about financial peace. One of the most major stresses in a person's life, of course, is the dealing with money and financial situations. And the question really today is not from a tithing aspect and a giving aspect where I want to say that this is what you need to do. I'm not necessarily looking at that respect. I'm looking at what I call the weapon of tithing, the weapon of giving, and how to bring God in the middle of your financial situation. In the very beginning of my Christian walk, one of the things that really helped me to bring financial peace from my life, transitioning from being a professional musician to going to college and really pursuing the ministry calling was the fact that I saw that giving and honoring the Lord financially was not just for me to do to support the church, but it was an actual weapon in my life. And I'd never heard that before. My pastor at the onset had shared, you know, about the blessing of tithing and giving. But then I, I got a revelation at 19 years old that I could be strong in the Lord financially and through my giving. And it was actually a protection, a weapon of blessing and the adversary and the pressures of financial things that would come against me. And from that moment till now, it's really been a revelation in my life. And recently, as we were looking at the finances of 2021, as we go into 2022, especially with our church, over in the book of Hebrews, a revelation came to me that I've never seen before like this uh, previously. Uh, Hebrews chapter 7, beginning in verse number 1. This is talking about the story of Melchizedek. He was the priest at that time. And if you'll notice, it talks about Abraham here. We're going to read it in just a second. But Abraham, of course, is the father of our faith. And he's the one that gave his son Isaac, which was the leading to eventually give Jesus our Savior as, as far as that particular situation. But Abraham's an awesome man of God is because he was a man of faith, but he was also a man of obedience. And at that time, look what it says in verse number one. It says, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, the priest of the most high God at that time, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of kings and blessed him. Watch what it says in verse two, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. Notice that you see the, the, the tithe. What does that mean? That means a tenth of his income, a tenth of his, in this particular case, was called spoils here. But notice what it says. It says, in referring to Melchizedek, it says, which is translated king of righteous and then the king of Salem, meaning king of peace. This was the symbol at that time of the priesthood that would eventually be our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 3, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor the end of life, but like the Son of God remains a priest continually. This is, again, preparing for the priestship of, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number, number 4, it says, Now consider how great this man to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. So, at that time, it was important to Abraham to give the tenth of his income to this priest and to the representation of the priesthood. And, and again, let me get to this in verse number five. Indeed, those who are the sons of Levi received the priest of uh, the priesthood, had the commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law, that is, from their brethren, that they may have come from the loins of Abraham. And a lot of pastors today take that verse of scripture, and it's true, as a pastor, as a shepherd, you're to receive the tithes 
and gives to the people. We're to be good stewards of it. But there's something, you know, again, I want to take it beyond that. Most a lot of pastors say that, you know, we're supposed to be good stewards of people's giving. And I understand that. However, just something really broke in me as far as in a release in me as I read this and studied this further. Notice what it says in verse number uh, seven. Now, beyond all, contra- all contradiction, the lesser is blessed by the better, talking about Jesus. Verse number eight, here mortal men receive tithes, but he receives them. Who's the he he's talking about? He's talking about Jesus. So look at it. Mortal men receive tithes on the earth, but there Jesus receives them of whom is witness that he lives. And so I got this revelation that, you know what? The Jesus is the Lord of the tithe, not the local church of the pastor. Isn't that awesome? And I tell you, I've been sharing that with a lot of my pastor friends, and they're like, it sort of flies over their head right now. But anyway, they'll get it eventually. Hopefully they get it today. My point with all that is when you see that, and you see that, and I see that, and when we see that in the local church, when we honor the Lord, say a person makes $500, they give $50 as a tithe, they're not giving it to the local church, they're giving it as unto the Lord. And notice what it says here. It's, uh, this is fascinating to me. It's like I see this actually happen. It says, it says, here men receive it, which we do. We went over our finances this Thursday in our financial meeting for 2021, and everything's in order in this church family. And then we submit this to our CPA, our lawyers uh, for Faith Christian Fellowship International, and then they review it. So there's a whole bunch of sequences of steps, again, to do in this process. And I'm thankful for the giving of people. I'm thankful for the stewardship. And of course, there's areas to improve. There's always things to do better. And we're living and learning and learning to live as far as that goes, as far as good stewardship. But again, notice what it says, Jesus receives those. Every Sunday, I pray over the tithing and giving, and I give it to the Lord. But now it's got more meaning to me. I guess when you read a verse of Scripture and you know it over and over and over, but then you begin to see a picture of it, it changes your perspective. And so I bring to you, ladies and gentlemen, I want to see you as you write that check, as you give each month, which we have faithful people who do that. You do it not as unto Metroplex Family Church. You do it as unto the Lord because it says right there, He receives them. Notice that he receives them. And if he receives them, that means he has the responsibility to do something about that, which is the weapon I want to talk about. I I tell you what, Abraham was an awesome man of God. You study the life of Abraham, our patriarch, the founder of the faith, basically, that led the president for Jesus to be the son of God. Abraham was so awesome in the fact that he, at the time, he was considered to be one of the most wealthiest men of his time. It says in one version, he was extremely wealthy in gold and silver and land and cattle. I think that's just amazing how God blessed this man. But this man had a revelation of the priesthood, of the reason why he was doing what he was given. He wasn't just tithing and giving just to do this. He was doing it as unto the Lord and uh, as unto his father God. And God blessed him immensely. Of course, in my opinion, you look at Mark chapter 12. This is a very interesting verse of Scripture, Mark chapter 12, that Jesus is actually fascinated and interested in your giving. (laughs) That's what it says here in Mark chapter 12. This is another one that all came together when I read that in Hebrews. Look what it says, Mark chapter 12. 
Mark chapter 12, beginning in verse 41. And again, because financial pressure is such a, a prevalent thing in our society right now, and based on the economy, based on this or that, I just want to bring to you some things to me that are encouraging and actually things that I've seen in an even greater light. Uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 44, or verse 41, excuse me. Now watch this. This is Jesus' ministry. And it says that Jesus sat opposite the treasure and saw how the people put their money into the treasure. Isn't that fascinating? So Jesus comes to church, and where does he sit? He didn't sit in the back row. He didn't sit, you know, where the leaders are. What's he doing? He's sitting in the back where people are giving. Isn't that fascinating? You'd think he'd be out, you know, looking for sick people, which he did. He ministered healing. You'd think he'd be looking for people that needed things, which he did. But it says he was watching the people and how they gave. And notice what it says in verse 42. It said, a poor woman came and she threw in two mites, which is two quadrant, make, make a quadrant, which is a very, very limited amount of money. This is a small amount of money. But watch this in verse number 43. And so he, came, he called his disciples to himself and he said to them, Surely I say to you, this poor widow has put more money in all those he'd given in the treasury. For verse 44 says, For they all put out of their abundance, but she put out of her poverty, or she gave all that she had. She put in her whole livelihood. So notice what Jesus is saying there. Again, some people are tipping God, but then there's some people that are truly giving as unto the Lord. I think that's fascinating. And notice it says, he's, it goes back to that verse, he's watching our giving. Well, if he's watching our giving then, he's watching our giving now, is he not? Hebrews 13, 8. I think this ought to bring a whole other perspective. As you honor the Lord and do this, which we have a faithful church that does this, you ought to see the perspective of the fact that it's not just the blessing of giving in the local church. It's the Father himself through Jesus that's honoring your giving. And he's interested in your giving because it so shows, it shows your heart. I love this point I have, point number C. God assumes full responsibility for our needs when we obey him. Isn't that an awesome statement? I'm so glad I wrote that down, don't you? <laughs> Pat myself on the back. Anyway, God assumes full responsibility for our needs when we what? Obey him. God, now again, please hear my heart, not the church, not the government, not your job, not your own physical well-being to do your job, which you could. But if you really want peace, financial peace, and the strength of that, then honor the Lord with what you have. Please, please hear my heart. This is not about you just to do this as unto what's right for the church. Yes, that's important. But we at a church position operate differently from other churches because we don't have any indebtedness. We're not up here manipulating people. You'll never get an email or a text from me or a letter from me or a correspondence or even a, a video announcement asking you to give. Have I ever done that in 18 years? Never have and never will. You'll never hear a plea from me to do that. Oh, we invite you to do that, but my heart is to teach you on the peace, the passion, and the strength of honoring God and how it empowers your life financially. Again, when I was 19 years old, making that transition from making $500 a week in 1982, which, you know, is pretty good money considering the fact that I was only working three days a week and uh, loving what I was doing. And at some points, I was making $500 a day, $1,500 in 1982, doing what you love to do, and then transition from not receiving that anymore. I quit playing professionally and I'm going to college and all of a sudden I get this revelation the fact that hey I'm only making you know about a hundred dollars a week now and I have no job. I'm going to school full time and I'm giving and I said you know what I'm going to honor the Lord. So I made this decision that this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to at least start with something and I started with something. It was only $25 a week at that time 
And uh, in, in within four weeks, I had my own business started through my dad, a plant business. And uh, the rest is history. I've never been without and never been in a place of absolutely without not working since that moment. All because I went to find the strength, the peace of God through his promises. And ladies and gentlemen, I want that for you. And I, Philippians 4, Philippians 4.19. This is something we quote a lot, but sometimes it's misquoted if you don't read the whole context of the verse. Uh, as far as the verses around it. Philippians 4.19, notice what it says here, beginning in verse number 15. 15, notice what it says. It says, Now you Philippians also know in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, that no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. So what's the Apostle Paul talking about here? He's talking about this partnership he has with this church when it comes to giving and receiving. Notice verse 16, even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Verse 17, not that I seek the gift, but I seek fruit that abounds to your account. Notice he calls our giving an account. Isn't that fascinating? That, that means that there's a, there's a, again, it goes back to what Jesus is watching. He's watching your stewardship financially. I don't think that's changed. If he was in the temple watching money, if he's the high priest that receives the tithes, what's he doing today? He's looking for your heart in that area. And when you honor him, not, and again, with this, just not the amount, as he said back there in, in Mark chapter 12, it's the heart attitude. So notice what it says right here. It says, as we clar clarify on here, it says in verse number 18, Indeed, I have, I have all and abound all and full and received from Aphrodite the things sent from you. It says right here, it calls it a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And then notice verse 19, and, everybody say and. And, notice verse 19. When you see and, it's connected to verse 18. So all this giving, all this receiving brings this promise about, is it says, God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by who? By who? One more time. By who? In the words of Sergeant Carter, I can't hear you. <laughs> Christ Jesus, that's right. Okay, we're back to Gomer Powell. All right. <laughs> That's one of my favorite lines. I love that. I'll tell you what, Jim Neighbors was a precious friend of our families, and uh, don't mean to divert here, but anyway, he was a, he was a, his family was a good friends with my parents, and uh, anyway, I always watch Gomer Pyle every now and then for a good laugh, and so you talk about a man who could sing. My mother said that nobody could sing like Jim Neighbors, and so uh, anyway, I don't know why I was talking about that, but anyway, notice what it says here. It says, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. By who? By Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Lord of the tithe. And if he's watching and, and, he's the and he's the high priest over your tithe now, what does that mean? Well, it means a lot. And the book of Malachi is the most familiar verses of Scripture concerning the tithe. Notice what it says in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. This is where a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers go. But does anybody take this Malachi chapter 3 and talk about the weapon? Everybody say weapon. The weapon of tithing, the, the force of this good peace of God coming in your life. And that's what I want to bring to your attention. I think it's interesting that God wrote this about the tithe and giving in Malachi, which is the last chapter of the Old Testament. And uh, notice what it says here, Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. And again, a lot of times this is misrepresented, or misrepresented, it's, it's presented wrong. 
but I want to bring to you some light in Revelation. Malachi chapter 3, it says in verse 8, it says, Will a man or a woman, it says, rob, rob me. And what's God saying? How do you rob me? Well, in tithing and giving. And it says in verse 9, you're cursed with a curse, and you've robbed me, even this whole nation. But again, hold on, flip that around. If, and again, I understand the negative, but what about the other part? It says it, you'll be blessed. It'll be a weapon. It'll be, it'll be something that God wants to partner with you. And look what it says here as it clarifies it even more. Verse 10, it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. What does that mean? That means the place of supply. That means the local church, the storehouse. Notice what it says even more. It clarifies it even. That there may be food or substance or supply in my house and try me. Everybody say, try me. Notice this one phrase here God puts in there, try me, try me. Let me show you how I'm going to do this. I think that's interesting that he would put that in there. Let me, let me show you what I will do in verse number 10 in the middle of that. He says, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven. Where is Jesus? He's in heaven. And it says he'd open up the windows of heaven. Where's the high priest sit above us, basically, in the natural? It says, I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out such a blessing. There will not be room enough to receive it. There's some things that tithing and giving and honoring God and doing this right are not just about money, but it's about something else beyond money. I don't do it just to give to get. I know a lot of people teach that. Give to get. And I understand all that. I understand that completely. However, that's not the reason I do it. I do it as Abraham did it at the very beginning because I love the Lord. I want to honor him. I want to supply his work in the earth. It takes money to do what the ministry is called to do. And I, I, it amazes me. Some people think that they could just walk into a church and, and, or, 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 support a, or, or be a part of a ministry, an organization doesn't cost any money to operate that. I mean, you know, this is basically a business. And I, I see it as a business, but it's the kingdom of God business, and it takes supply. But notice what it says here. The blessing of the Lord to me is much, just, it's not just money. I mean, again, money is needed, but there are other things that money can't buy. Listen, people are, are extremely wealthy. That doesn't mean they're extremely blessed by God, right? I mean, think about it. I mean, I've, I've known a lot of people in my life, not a whole bunch of people. I've known very wealthy people that had a lot of income. But I had a lot of problems in managing that income. Most people were insecure. Most people were controlling. Most people were manipulative. And most people had fighting going on within their family. I mean, how miserable it can be to have all this money and yet have no peace. I'm talking about peace through strength by honoring God. And again, it's the striving and the, the desire to be, you know, have this and have that. Listen, being content with what you have and, and being at peace, peace that comes from the Lord, not peace because you have something. I mean, I know, I realize that a car will make you feel good or this will make you feel good or that'll make you feel good as far as buying something. And that, that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. But there's a peace beyond that, that feeling, you know. You drive that car, especially if it's not paid for, you're going to have that payment after the new smell wears off in about, you know, six weeks. Guess what? Hello. There's the reality of that same way with a new house or any other item you buy. There's nothing wrong with doing that, but if you don't buy it and pay for it in a completely debt-free situation, then there's going to be an obligation to that and then meeting that obligation every month. And again, there are things in my life that the Lord has blessed me with that had nothing to do with money necessarily, but I knew as I honored Him with the most important part of my life as far as the one thing that I have to, to be a good steward over um, constantly and consistently, that He would honor me in other areas. And again, I, I just submit these things to you because most people think that you know tithing is just something that 
that you're obligated to do, I see it as an opportunity. As a matter of fact, I wrote some things down here. It says, tithing and giving eliminate financial enemies from your life. I believe it does. The benefits in tithing and giving are not just limited to finances. And tithing is gratitude to God. I, I honor the Lord because I love him, not because I'm just trying to get something from him. But notice what it says in verse 11. It says, if I will not rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor the vine shall bear fruit in your fields, says the Lord of hosts. Isn't that awesome? It says, and all nations will call you blessed. You'll be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. But look at verse 13, everybody. Verse 13. Notice what it says. And here's the key to get this operating in the right perspective in your life, in my personal opinion. Verse 13 says, your words have been harsh against me. Verse number 13. There you go. It says, your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? Notice the next verse. It says, you, you have said it's useless to serve God. What profit is that we would keep his ordinance and we would walk as mourners before the Lord the host? Ah, that's an interesting thing. Because a lot of people, when they get into financial pressure, I mean, again, this is just my philosophy, and I'm sort of, uh, this is where I am. <laughs> so, I mean, my first check that comes out of my, my, my income goes to the Lord. And every Sunday, basically, if not by Monday, every, if there's $5,000 that is given on a Sunday or whatever that amount is, I'm automatically given $500 or more. That's the first check that goes out. I'm just that way. But I am not going to let the words of my mouth dishonor my giving or the giving of this church. I'm speaking over it. I'm speaking to the fact that I believe God, that God will honor this and bless this because we're being a good steward of it. And it came recently when my son Benjamin had an uh, accident. Well, he was hit. Uh, he was at an intersection. As he stopped, he was accelerating. And this guy ran through the intersection and hit him. And it cost about $2,500 worth of damage on his car. And Benjamin's a tither, okay? We're tither. And this man uh, said he had insurance, but he did. We contacted him. No reply at all. Like Phil Collins says in the song, no reply at all. And uh, got no reply. Do we pursue some things legally? I don't really want to do that. Don't care about that necessarily. But I went through this whole season, you know, with my dad doing all this. And I'm thinking, now, hold on. This is not right. This is not right. That we got to pay this extra amount because somebody was irresponsible. And the most important thing, somebody was dishonorable. To hit and run like that, especially this man was my age, according to his driver's license, and hitting uh, someone who, you know, is basically young enough to be his son, and yet he lies and says he has insurance. He says, contact me, and then he rolls away and then denies the fact, after the fact that he confesses my son that it was his fault. He tells his insurance, after his insurance expires, it wasn't his fault. Ladies and gentlemen, dishonorable, dishonorable, dishonorable. Well, I thought about calling some motorcycle friends of mine that live in Louisiana. I thought, well, you know, their philosophy is, you know, alligators have to eat, no body, no crime. You know, I know we got some police officers in here, but, you know, sometimes I'm old school. Law, law enforcement can do their job, but, hey, I can take it in my own hands, and we can deal with it from there. You know, this is, this is the way we do things in New York and New Orleans. Anyway, I thought about that for just about 10 seconds. I thought it'd make me feel good, but I thought, the mm, Bible says thou shalt not kill. Okay, God, I get it. So what do I do here? You have to just, again, enforce the covenant. So recently I've been pressing, you know, again, not to the Lord. It's not his fault. 
It's not his fault at all. But saying, Father, I thank you that the devourer is rebuked. And we're going to get this car situation fixed in Jesus' name. The reason I relate that story to you, that I'm in the midst of that situation, and we'll give you an update soon, but maybe you're in the situation like that. You say, Pastor Brian, I've been honorable. I've done this and I've done that. I'm just not seeing this. As a matter of fact, I'm seeing just the opposite. What do I do? Stand firm. Don't you give up. Don't you relinquish and give in. Kathy Campbell and Walt Hall are going to come up here, and they're going to share some testimonies. We'll let ladies first. Let's give Kathy a hand. She don't want to come up here. Come on, Kathy. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Is this all right, V2? Okay. Come on, Kathy. Now, Kathy Campbell, I've known you since the beginning of the church. You stand right here and look real pretty and look in that camera. And uh, tell, us, tell us from the heart, Kathy, sincerely. Why you, and put that microphone up. There you go. Turn around and face. There we go. Ain't she pretty and sweet? All right, Kathy, it's all about you. <laughs> there you go, seriously. No, seriously, Kathy, tell me, why, why, why is it important to you? You know, I've known you, you've dealt with a lot of things, but yet at the same time, you've honored the Lord financially. And I know it's a matter of the heart. Why is it a matter of the heart to you? Even though you know these scriptures, and you've even quoted these scriptures to me, especially Philippians 4.19. Well, I tried tithing for a long time, <laughs> off and on, um, but that didn't work. I Just trying. Um, and it's hard to trust God to help you out if you're not doing what he tells you to do. That's true. So I thought I have to just jump in and do it. That's right. So I started, um, I just, whatever comes in, I just give right away. You I sure don't do. think about yeah. the bills I have to pay or whether I'm going to be short or not. I just, it's like, Lord, I trust you every time Amen. I tithe. And yeah, I've noticed that about you. I mean, you'll have something come in and I'll come up here. I don't really check that box in the back, but then there's her check or something, or she'll say she'll be in the building delivering a cake or something. She said, oh, I just got this today. I just made $300, and here's 30 I was like, okay. I mean, she's real, sort of like myself, real meticulous about getting it out. Go ahead. Well, and I do, um, because I have my own business, I have money come in every day. Every day, And yeah. so instead of waiting till the end of the week, um, I just, as soon as it comes in, so if you look at my account right. on my on the website it's uh maybe five dollars this day and twenty dollars this day but as soon as i get it right. i just send it just i want it out of my hands i want things to be taken care of and once you start doing it regularly there's peace mm. because you can trust god to That's right. take care of you That's right. um but always when you're trying to trust it, if you're not doing it and regularly and you're trying to trust God, it doesn't work. That's right. You know, you, because you know you're not doing exactly. what you're supposed to do. And I've known you so. for 18 years and you've never come up to me and said, I need a honey with some money. I'm <laughs> being single. No, that's what he keeps telling me. <laughs> <laughs> He's always trying to find me somewhere. I know I'm not. Yes. No, I'm not. No, I'm not at all. And no way, Jose, on that one. I believe in the institution of marriage. She's always telling me, oh, you guys, y'all are all worthless. And I, no, we're not worthless. No, I don't. Anyway, she, no, we kid each other. But no, seriously, I respect the fact that Kathy is diligent and consistent about this. And again, she's had to go through some things where job transitions, 
several jobs. Yeah. You were Quick Trip, some others. Car wrecks. As car wrecks and some <laughs> other things, and then family issues. Yeah. And some health things that she's had to go through. But one of the beautiful things in watching her over the 18 years that I've known her is this consistent uh, consistency in honoring God and how God has helped her with her business and other things. Recently, she got a part-time job, and we were, we were talking about that and how much she enjoys that part-time job. It's, she's gone through a lot of jobs that she didn't like and uh, sort of endured them. And I know I had the perfect job of anybody, so again, I had the best job there is. But, you know, I've seen her struggle with some particular things she didn't necessarily like, even though she would do them. But the point with it, Kathy, you had the right attitude. And also, going back to that verse of Scripture, you had the right words. You, you would say things like, I don't understand necessarily what's going on, but I'm going to trust the Lord in this. I'm going to be faithful. He, he's, he's going to be my protector. He's going to be my peace. I've heard her say this many I don't understand this, Pastor Brian. I don't understand it, Sheila. I just don't understand it. And again, to her defense, not having a husband or whatever and all those kind of things, she didn't have somebody to bounce it off of. But Sheila and I and many of you tried to be that to her. But you've been faithful and honorable. And I guarantee your best is going to happen. Again, some great things have happened for you. You know, you had your car paid off. You had some other things, good things. Have you a really successful business and you're good at what you do? Uh, you really are, Kathy. You have a really good way of cooking. And, uh, and again, I appreciate you, the way you give to this church. Not only, I mean, Kathy doesn't not just tie to this church. There's some things that are really prevalent to her. You talk about a people that clean a building. Her and Jonathan and Danita DeLeon, they come in here and clean these buildings through the week. And I mean, you could, I mean, I don't suggest you doing this, but you could eat off the floor. It is so clean. <laughs> I mean, they're meticulous about doing these kind of things. And I appreciate that. Not as unto Brian, but as unto the Lord. And I promise you, Kathy Campbell, your best days are ahead of you. <laughs> Amen. Let's give her a hand. Anything else you want to share? Okay, okay, all right. Come on, Walt. Come on, Walt. <laughs> that took a lot of guts for her to do that, spiritually speaking. She did not want to do that, and uh, she did it as a favorite. And now, Walt's a different situation. Walt's, a, quote, a, <laughs> Walt's, Walt's been with me also, but Walt's a retiree in this respect. But Walt was not always, wasn't just a retiree in the last couple of years, but there's some strong convictions in this man about giving. Come on, Walt, share your heart. Get up here and preach the Word of God like you know how to do. First of all, do you all hear that? <laughs> the thunder. See, Brian stole all that when he started preaching on Malachi 310. <clears throat> um, yeah. Not sure uh, how to briefly summarize what, what all I believe and what all I uh, think we've put in place in our household. Um, <clears throat> sure have you, Jim. I do want to start out by saying Vivian started us all off this morning by saying, enter in. That's right. And, That's good. you know, regardless of what your uh, knowledge of the Word of God is, uh, what your personal experience is, no matter where you are, where I am at the moment, God says He's right there with us. Amen. That's right. And regardless of what may or may not have worked out to your liking to this point, tomorrow's a new day. The rest of today is an opportunity that we all assume we have. Yeah. We may or may not have. So more importantly than just the subject of tithing, it's about where is the Lord in your relationship right now. Mm, um, but as part of that, we move on. Um, Let's see, what else was said this morning? <laughs> Jaira, 
is enough. That's right. Okay, so whether we're talking about your finances or your health or your fears and concerns, mm -hmm. Jehovah Jireh is enough. He is enough. And so what I would say about the subject of tithing is it's when you think about everything is God's, including your next breath, there's, there's nobody, no thing more worthy of our acknowledgement than God. That's true. So if God says merely a tenth is his requirement of us, we ought to be recognizing that he's only asking for a tenth. He's giving us a hundred. And regardless of what that may mean in the way of financial or physical blessings or health, uh, it's all his. That's right. So my purpose, our purpose, is to acknowledge God in that as humbly and as uh, consistently as we can. And I can say in retrospect that it has paid pretty doggone good dividends. <laughs> it has. Uh, it has, You know, I, I could go on for hours about how I perceive the improvements in our our lives, whether we're talking about the physical, the, the mental, the emotional, the financial. But I would also point out that uh, the Bible says that we're made in God's image. Mm. And I believe it's verse 12 in Malachi that says, um, well, in, in verse 10 it says, prove me. Right. So God says, when you do your part according to the scripture... I'm going to reveal myself. I'm going to prove myself. That's right. And in that, he reflects himself. Mm -hmm. So as we look at God and say, I trust you with, with everything, yes. he responds to this by revealing to the world. That's, that's the point in verse 12. That's true. The world sees a believer and what the believer benefits versus those who don't have that conviction, that right. purpose. So... I feel like when I start bragging about turning 70, about how good my life is, we have our own struggles, we have our own challenges, but the bottom line is, when I look at what the world would have without God, that I don't have to worry about because I've got God. Exactly right. The world can see, my hope is, that like Mark, uh, like Paul said, mark me. Yes, sure I did. want you folks as humbly as I can request it, to see in me what God has done, what God has promised to do, and ultimately I want that to be an image, a mirrored image of God. So I don't want you to see me, I don't want you to see, well, he's blessed, he's got more than I do, or whatever. I want you to see that God is faithful, mm -hmm. and God intends for all of us to reflect his image in this world, that the rest of the world, those who aren't in church, who aren't serving him, or for that matter, struggle with believing him, that they can see that there's a difference, there's a dividend, there's a payoff. There is a payoff. And at some point, whether I'm breathing my last breath today or 100 years from now, at some point, I've got a greater promise than anything I'm receiving today. That's exactly And that's right. a promise to all of you that he's promised to give that to you as believers. That's good, Walt. Well, thank you. Let's give Walt a hand. Excellent, Walt. Walt's, Walt's a very good steward of God's money.
I mean, I've watched Walt now for all the years I've known him, the stewardship principle of him and Miss Jean, especially when Miss Jean was trans transitioning to want to teach school. And uh, we really believed God for that. No, Walt didn't come in and say, Pastor Brian, I'm giving this money because Jean needs this or that or we want this. We just came together and believed God. And I wanted Gene to have that right job situation, and he did too because he was making a transition at that time, and it was a good transition. And again, I love what Tony Romo said recently. Somebody, You know Tony Romo, our quarterback for the Dallas Cup, former quarterback. He made an interesting statement the other day. Someone said to him, well, you didn't win a Super Bowl, and you'll never have the opportunity to do that, talking about you know, being a Super Bowl champion. He said, no, I didn't. But he said, you know what? I've trusted the Lord. I've honored him with my life. And by the way, Tony Romo is a tither and a giver. I mean, from the onset of his very career in Dallas as a cowboy, I mean, there, there was, I was at a particular church on a Saturday night when he was there. I didn't meet him, but he was near me. And uh, he gave $100,000 that night in just his giving alone from a bonus. And he was a part of that local church. And, um, and I respect that and admire that. But the point he made, him, he said, I may not be a Super Bowl champion, but God has blessed me with so many other things in my life that I feel like that I'm a success. And by the way, he has now paved the way as far as broadcasting to be one of the highest paid broadcasters in the uh, ESPN or in that realm, not, not ESPN, but the whole networks combined. And his contract coming up is just outstanding. He's actually making more money as a broadcaster consistently each season than he did when he was a player. My point with all that is, ladies and gentlemen, again, it's not about peace. Hear my heart. It's not about just having things. It's about this peace. And that's what Tony said. He said, I've got peace in my heart. And, of course, he didn't say the Lord. He said it came from my faith. And we all know what they were saying. Again, when you're on a secular platform, you know, uh, he was using his words in a wise way, as Walt was talking about. But he was basically saying it was a matter of the heart, and God had honored him. And so, ladies and gentlemen, again, you can look at the Kardashians, which Allison does a lot, <laughs> and you can look at the others and say, oh, I wish I had this and I had that. But, you know, if you really look at the biography channel like I do, and you really think about it, um, you know, sometimes money is not the answer. It's just not. It, it will make you feel good. It will give you things. But is it really the peace that I'm talking about, the real strength of the soul? i never forget several years ago, I was up in Kansas ministering in a church. I was actually there in front of Warren Buffett's house. Well, one of his house, but we'll say the original house there. And I stopped over there that night. I was speaking in this church, and um, I went over there that night. And I just sat in front of his house. I actually pulled up in the driveway. You can pull right up in the driveway. And I sat there thinking, this is a very wealthy man. And uh, this man has accumulated a lot of wealth. But I was thinking about something, and I said, well, Lord, I don't have the wealth that this man has. And boy, I was so corrected in my spirit. I was looking over there, Mr. Atwood, and there was my, my briefcase and some other things, and there was this Bible. And I thought, you know what? Maybe I don't have some of the wisdom that man has, but there's treasures in here, the things that I know about that he doesn't know about. And uh, I am wealthy because of what Walt said, not because of me, but because of the Lord. I've got some news for you. Whether you realize it or not, your house in the future, your next house, in the heavenly house that Walt was talking about, when you get there at the right time, is not only paid for, but it is the greatest house you'll ever own. And life eternally will be good compared to this life. I promise you. But what you do in this life counts. Abraham today, as we look back in time, simply took everything that 
He, built, he fought through the spoils of his life as far as the victories he won. He was always honoring God, and now he has a legacy that we looked at today. And I just want you to have that legacy too. We had a precious man. I closed with this. He came in. Uh, he's now moved to Florida, but he was actually one of the first churches, first services we had at Metroplex Family Church along with Kathy and some others. And uh, anyway, he wanted to be a part of the parking lot out front. I'll never forget. He came here on a Sunday, and he just, man, he busted through the doors, and he had a crisp $100 bill, and this is all that he had. But it, was so, it so blessed me. It was such an attitude of the heart, not the head. He said, I want to be one of the first people to put $100 in that concrete out there for his poured. He said, promise me, promise me, promise me you're going to put this in here. Because he said, I, I know in my heart, even though I'm moving to Florida, that hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are going to park on this parking lot. Lives are going to be changed. And I want to be a part of something like that because this church has enriched my life and helped me with my two daughters and helped me be the man I'm called to be and what I'm called to do. And I want to thank you, Pastor Brian. And he said, I know it's only $100, but he said, it's just in principle of what I believe that God will take care of this and pay this parking lot in full. I know that he will because he's faithful to what he promised. And you know what? It wasn't more than two weeks later that that did happen and it was paid in full and here we are today. But my point with that is the heart attitude, the heart of sincerity, the pureness like Walt was talking about, one about the money is about just honoring God. And listen, I am so thankful. I'm so thankful again with all the pressures that we deal with, that finances are just, just an intricate part of our relationship with God, but it shows so much. And I just want to encourage you for those that are tithing, hear me as a pastor, please. I want you not just blessed financially, but I want that peace. I want things, good things happen in your life that, again, are not just about money. Okay, thank God for the blessing financially, but things happening to your favor, to good things happen. Maybe one idea will inspire you that will motivate you. I, I got one more story. I'll close with this. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. Um, you know how you, uh, you always make fun of my, tie, my you know, promoting Toyota? And so I know it's an ongoing joke here at Metroplex Family Church. But I want to give you, as Paul Harvey, look, can I give you the rest of the story about that? Back when Benjamin was a little bitty lad and his sister was just a little bit bigger, and they were so cute in their car seats. Oh, my gosh, I love them. They were sucking on those binkies, and they were just as cute as they could be. Anyway, just, just, just loved it. Anyway, we had a Dodge Caravan van. The, I think it's called Town and Country, and I bought it used. And nothing wrong with that. Used cars are great. But anyway, uh, I was on the road traveling. This is where I was playing the church. And all of a sudden, I get this call in Peoria, Illinois, that that van was uh, uh, over here at Alcon, broke down. She was on her way to Grace Temple Church to do kids' ministry there. She was, it was during the day, I mean, during the weekday. And that van was broke down in front of Alcon. And I'm here in Peoria, and listen, man, I've got the greatest brother-in-laws, man, any man could have. They're like brothers to me. Man, they, they, they rally on the spot. So I know that calling Jonathan, Robert, and Richard, and Billy, they're going to be there and take care of Sheila. That's, that's, that's not the issue. I wasn't concerned about that. But I sat in that hotel room before I had to go do those meetings with those pastors, and I said, Lord, enough is enough. My children, my precious wife and my two children, should not be in a vehicle that I know nothing about mechanically and I cannot fix. I said, I need your help. And I'm just praying and walking that hotel room like this. I knew I had 11 o'clock meeting. And, um, and I mean, I'm sorry, I had a 7 o'clock service. It's like, you know, in the afternoon. I was just, just walking and praying. And the Lord put it on my heart, Toyota. 
just spoke to my heart clearly inside Toyota. I know y'all thinking, hey, Pastor Brian, you're trying to, trying to con us on the Toyota spiritual anyway. Come on, just hear my heart. Hear my heart. Listen, it may not be Toyota for you, but it was, he spoke that to me. And I'll never forget, because I, I was actually going back to these verses of Scripture, especially the Malachi. I said, Lord, I'm not going to have cars that break down. This has got to stop. This has to stop. And so I came back that next weekend. We went to Toyota, and I bought my first van for her, and the rest has been history. My point with all that is I've never had an engine problem. I've never had a mechanical problem because the Lord put that on my heart. I'm not just defending Toyota. I'm just saying for me. Because he gave me the answer that forever settled the car situation in my life, okay? And please, please hear my heart. I'm not pushing a particular brand. I'm just telling you from that moment until now, I have never, ever had a concern about a car situation. I mean, never. Not a, not, not a single flinch of a moment. And so I want you to know God knows how to orchestrate and put something into your life that brings, what am I talking about? Peace. And I know y'all laugh about my Toyota thing, and I know some of you own a Ford and Chevy and, 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 and Geico and all that other stuff. You own whatever you want to order, okay? You own whatever you want to order, uh, please. But know that in my life, and peace and strength have come because of that one word from God. Hear my heart now. One word from God. And we've never had that problem before. And so I just want you to know he's interested in those things in your life. And when you pause and step back, as Walt says, and say, Lord, I've honored you with my life. Just speak to my heart. Just speak to me. And, put to and he put Toyota, and I bought that first Toyota van, and the rest has been history. And Sheila loves those vans, and I do too, because they're so consistent, because they have the peace of God that brings strength to our lives. And so, Toyota, you owe me a lot of money. P.O. Box 330595, Fort Worth, Texas, 76163. We'll send you the plans of the building we're going to build behind us, but you can make that check out to Metroplex Family Church, and we will honor you in our giving in Jesus' name. Amen. So y'all get that commercial and send it down to the Toyota headquarters, and we can go on from there. Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you. I'm asking you to speak to every person's heart here and show them how that this beautiful thing you've given us called obedience paves the way to so much more than we could ever dream or even think about. Lord, I love these people. I know you love them even more. And I'm asking you to help them in these struggles they may have. Maybe they do need to hear about their vehicle situation. Maybe their job situation. Maybe it's their house situation. Maybe it's another situation. Maybe it's a credit card or something they need to deal with. Lord, we can trust in you concerning your provision and your peace that brings strength in our lives. Lord, I've delivered this with a heart of sincerity. I have no agenda here. I have just a pure motives of seeing your best in people's lives. And so I submit that to you, every person here, regardless of where they are financially and what's going on in their life. I'm just asking you that this beautiful thing you've given us, that we would honor you in it and we would see the fruit of it. And I'm asking you for the testimonies to come forth, not to honor this church, but to honor you, Lord Jesus, 
for you are the Lord of the tithe. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you for today. Please, again, thank you for letting me share my heart, my sincerity of, of, of approaching this. And again, I'm going to let Jonathan close this out, but I, I sincerely mean what I've spoken today, not is to get you to do something or we need something. That's, that's completely contradictory to what I believe and what I'm up here for. I want you to have that peace that comes through his strength, not my strength. Not your job strength, not even money's strength. Money's strong. Money is very strong. It can do a lot of great things. The Bible even says that. But that peace that comes. Again, financially, when it comes to vehicles, I have that peace. I really do. And this year was even, even more of a blessing. I mean, gas prices are going up, and I'm doing 44, 45 miles a gallon because of Toyota. By the way, you still owe me on that commercial, too. <laughs> Because of Toyota's new electric cars. Again, some things that are just, again, to, to, the, to the glory of God, how he does things so awesomely. If you trust him, please trust him. And by the way, I don't have time to talk about this, but if you don't have a job situation you're at peace about, let us get an agreement with you. Richard and Mr. Anderson and Mr. Atwood and Walt and, and, and Robert and Jonathan and Sheila, we'll pray with you. We want you to have a good job. You know, I'll never forget when Amy said that she could not stand teaching school anymore. She, I know I'm in Amy's business right now, but she said they were heathens from hell. And so I was like, wow, we've got to get her out of the teaching business real quick. Anyway, but boy, when she went in the accounting business, she's a happier person, okay? And Robert, has, Robert says all the time, a happy wife, a happy life. Anyway, so... Uh, my point with all this, we want you to find that right place. Because when you find what you love to do, remember what Will Rogers said. Remember this, you'll never work a day when you're, in your life if you find what you love to do. And we want to help you do that in 22. If you need help in that area, we'll pray. But please do me a favor. Don't quit your job till you hear from God. And we pray in agreement in Jesus' name.